This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello. Hello, and thank you for coming here to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. We are recording live at Convergence in beautiful Bloomington, Minnesota. I almost said downtown Bloomington, Minnesota. Is it? I don't know, and honestly, I don't really care. (laughs) Anyway, it is wonderful to be here. We're going to talk about a topic that I've wanted to cover on the main podcast for a long time, and that is the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are many great films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but my personal favorite is the gif of Steve Rogers ripping that log. That is the best MCU film, in my opinion. Here to discuss the MCU with me are several wonderful guests. First up, she's a dancer, historian, and my wife. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Next up, he's a comedian, a writer, a podcaster, and not my wife. It's Ben (laughs) Sandel. Hello. And returning to the podcast, a frequent guest, particularly here at Convergence, another person who is not my wife. He's a writer, comedian, producer, and one of the original founders of Convergence. It's Tim Wick. Hi, thank you. Is original founders fair? Is that the the right terminology for what you did to make this happen? I, I, I was one of the original. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah, sure. It was, yeah, I always say that that I was one of the people that started to push the boulder okay. down the hill. All right, let me do that again then. Yeah. And one of the original boulder pushers <laughs> of Convergence, it's Tim Wig. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Please just do your impression of Cave Tim Wick for the entire panel. That would be great. I, I don't know that it would. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. So I just want to start with the very basics. I want to get go down the line and get the uh, sense of how obsessed you are with the MCU, what kind of level of, of obsession and generally why you like it. Sarah, we'll start with you. Okay. I would say I am a medium level obsessed. I'm more obsessed this spring because, uh, as you, Joseph, know, because you did this with me. <laughs> <laughs> we watched all of the, we rewatched all of the MCU movies in preparation for Infinity War, which got me re-obsessed, and so I'm going to still call myself medium obsessed. Okay. Are you more obsessed with the movies or the cocktails that you have invented inspired <laughs> by the movies? Both. Both. Sarah made a wonderful cocktail called an Iron Man in the Morning. That shouldn't work, but it does, just like Tony Stark. In the morning. (laughs) Or ever. And Ben, how about you? What is your level of obsession? Why do you love it? Um, What movies I haven't seen in the MCU, I did watch their Honest trailer. So I... (laughs) I'm somewhat caught up on Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 and um, the Hulk movies. But I have not... So yeah, I've seen all the rest, but... There's only one Hulk movie. Uh, well, just the Hulk solo movie. But you feel like you've seen more honest trailers than uh, just I'm, one I for the Hulk? Been, I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, what was the Ang Lee movie? Yeah. That <laughs> 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 uh, it's canonically not a part of the MCU. Oh, my God. I've already ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you an idea of my level of, of obsession right there. <laughs> but, so, but you have seen a lot of them because there are 20 films at this point, and you haven't seen, like, three of them that you listed. So yeah. why do you like it? Why are you drawn to it? I... <sighs> Well, they're, <laughs> they're entertaining movies, 
for one thing, and they keep having you come back with the cliffhangers, and I am a sucker for that. And I, at some point, I'm like, no, I'm going to stop. <laughs> but uh, that day has not come yet, <laughs> because I want to see how this damn Infinity War is going to end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you enjoy them. They pull you in with their narrative and the cliffhangers, but you also seem to resent that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I, ha- I, I have been liking them more lately because they've been getting a little more goofy but also i feel like they're getting more and more nerdy as well i yeah. think infinity war was inc- incredibly nerdy it had like forging weapons by the gods and space and there was just and i and i like that kind of more because you couldn't have done that 10 years ago yeah with the original iron man was just a guy with a suit but now there's giant monsters in space and it's just it feels more like what you get from the comic books and i like that now this uh, this whole uh, general audience has just become nerds. Yeah, it just they're just into it now. You can just be you can just throw giant dwarves with hammers at them and yeah, and have <laughs> uh, the sun attack Thor and general audiences are into it. And so I'm yeah, I I don't know I I like seeing that. But I know some people get get upset like I used to be a nerd and it used to be just mine. Yeah, and now it's everybody's. No, I think I think people really like the nerdiness. Uh, the general audience nerdiness is great. I should say that uh, uh, we haven't seen uh, Ant Man and the Wasp yet, but there will be spoilers for anything up to that. So if you're like, I want to check out that MCU, <laughs> leave because we're gonna spoil it. Because <laughs> uh, I did the Game of Thrones obsessed once, and like about halfway through, somebody's like, ah, oh, and got up and left. Like, what do you what did you think we were gonna talk about? Uh, and I mention that now because it's so great to see like the uber nerds who've been with this a long time or been with the comic books at the end of like the Infinity War when all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. happens and it appears like all these characters have died that, that have to come back because they have movies. And then like, it's, it's Marvel. They'll never come back. Yeah. They, everybody who dies in Marvel <laughs> stays dead. We all know this. Half the audience knows that when I've seen it, and the other half doesn't. And like that, the half that knows like turns and counsels the half that doesn't. There was an irate man <laughs> who stood up and was like, "How's Spider-Man gonna have a movie?" And like half the audience turned to him and was like, "Sir, it's okay." Blah blah blah. I I caught Infinity War right uh, after it had been out for a couple of weeks. It was just me and one other couple in the theater. <laughs> And the couple, um, when the movie ended, they just were, one of them was just sobbing, <laughs> just <laughs> sobbing inconsolably. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that was fine. That was a somewhat emotional. I don't know about sobbing. <laughs> They're going to come back. Yeah, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that, Ben. Yeah. Those people I did mean, not Spider-Man know going out like that was pretty, I mean, he showed some emotion. He was the only one that showed emotion. Every other one was like, oh, They cool didn't have this. time. <laughs> He's the only one that seemed like he understood what was going on and responded appropriately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm turning into dust. Uh, All the more reason to cry. Uh, Tim, what is your level of obsession with the MCU? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself super obsessed because that would be the DCU. But um, (laughs) the I I, I mean, I've watched every film in the MCU more than once. Uh, when when Infinity War was coming out, we also in our household did the did the rewatch of all the all the films leading up to Infinity War. Uh, they're, they're regularly uh, they're, they're regularly reviewed in the house. I think they've got a lot of rewatchability, and I think they they grow more um, robust with each film that comes out because you can see how even back. In Iron Man, they were building to a lot of what's happening 
in in the MCU right now, and yet they stand they stand on their own quite well. So uh, it's just it's it's really fascinating to watch this this film genre not genre this film universe that that all sort of interconnects like a bunch of Lego bricks, and we've slowly been building up the Infinity Gauntlet in Lego, <laughs> bricks, in Lego bricks since Iron Man, and yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, a great analogy of the, it is a Lego of death that we have been building yes. to kill Spider-Man and make that lady cry. That's not the movie <laughs> with Ben. It's utterly beautiful. All right, I'm going to ask what your favorite film is. You can also throw in if you have a least favorite, but I'm more interested in your most favorite. Uh, so, Sarah? I don't like this question. Uh, because I have more than one favorite. Um, but I'm going to go today with uh, the first Captain America, uh, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, because I just love the heart of that movie, and I feel like we see so much of who Steve Rogers is and who we see throughout um, the movies after that, and there's just there's so much love. Also, it introduces Peggy Carter, one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Yeah, Peggy Carter is amazing. Do you want to be negative? Do you want to share a least favorite? <laughs> or I don't know if I really have. I mean, probably Hulk would be my least favorite, just because I feel like, because um, I didn't, I saw that one very late, and didn't feel like I'd missed much. Sorry, Hulk fans. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just, I like a lot of them. I always have a so- uh, a soft spot in my heart for Iron Man because it was the first one, and uh, people who have listened to the podcast before know that I did not really have any familiarity with the MCU or the Marvel comics. Uh, I was not a big reader of the comics, and that um, blew my mind right open and uh, into this universe, so it will always have a very soft spot in my heart. Yeah, that would always be like a treasured memory, and I think a lot of people who, who are nerdy and when they first saw, obviously, it's become the, the famous joke of the, uh, the post credit scene where the Avengers initiative is brought up. And uh, we saw it with a couple of friends that uh, are known, well-known here at Convergence. We saw it with Tim Uren and Calvin Hatley and Sarah. And uh, we saw that, and then the three of us were just like, Sarah, I saw it, Avengers Initiative! Ah! Just losing our minds. It's a very happy memory. Ben, <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1. Okay. Volume 1, I should say. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be correct, sure. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll try. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> no. Uh, so why? Why? Uh, it, well, it had a lot of what I liked about the Avengers, which is just this team of people kind of with nice, snappy dialogue working together. But it had... Um, bless you. It had powerful, powerful <laughs> sneezes. Powerful sneezes. Too. Oh, the sneezes were so powerful. That was in a post credit scene. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it had uh, it took I think what kind of the Avengers started and it added a little more scrappiness to it the characters are, are much bigger losers to start with and therefore the arc is um, it has, is much more heartfelt I thought I thought when, by the time it got to the end there was actually moments where I was kind of tearing up and so when it had such good you have a talking raccoon yeah and uh, a talking <laughs> tree and you still are tearing up by the end of it, that's something special, I think. Okay, so you are officially saying here on this podcast that it's more appropriate to cry at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 than when Spider-Man dies. Um. I just <laughs> don't want to put you on the spot. <coughs> I heard Oh, it. God. <laughs> yes. All right, fair enough. That's good. Own your truth. Uh, Tim, do you have a favorite? 
I do, uh, and it's, it's a very difficult question, but uh, I think actually my favorite is Spider-Man Homecoming. I, uh, I've always been a Spider-Man fan. He was my kind of my favorite superhero growing up. He was the one I identified with the most. Uh, and uh, while there has been a couple of fine Spider-Man movies throughout the year, I felt the years, I felt like <laughs> there uh, might be a couple of year at some point. Couple, yeah, yeah, there might be a couple of year. But I felt like Homecoming really captured Peter Parker, and I felt like it really captured the essence of Peter Parker always does the right thing, and he always gets screwed because of it. It's like. Peter Parker will he 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 is such a good heart and he will always do the right thing and he's always going to get hosed cuz he's going to go and he's going to try and stop the bad guy and he's going to miss the science fair and screw over his friends. I mean that's just that's that's Peter Parker in a nutshell and I felt <laughs> like the movie got that. And also it it took what the dumbest Spider-Man villain not Craven the Hunter and <laughs> made that villain really good incredibly terrifying I mean, I mean incredibly terrifying but relatable you know you 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 can see where he didn't have to turn into what he turned into yeah uh and you can sympathize with him while at the same time not condoning what he's doing but understanding why he would do that yeah so it, it just uh I, th I thought it was um exceptionally well done um, and, you know, runners up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One is fantastic. Black, Black Panther was was just mind blowingly amazing. And then uh, all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a least favorite that is not the Incredible Hulk? I won't accept that uh, again as an answer. And that that one's not my least favorite. Uh, my least favorite is and I even I still enjoy it. But I think my least favorite is Thor the Dark World just because Thor is. And, and I mean, you know, you get it in Ragnarok and you get it in the original Thor. There's there's a lightness to Thor. I mean, he's a freaking thunder god. <laughs> and 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 if you're going to do stories about a freaking thunder god, you got to you got to do it with your tongue a little bit in your cheek, don't you? And I didn't feel like the dark world got the right the right balance there. Well, they certainly uh, fixed it for the next one. They did. They did. They they fixed it. Uh, and they I mean, Thor in other movies. In, you know, when he shows up in other films, he's he's pretty much universally. I, I love what they do with him, but I don't think Dark World got it. Yeah, I like that. Dark World is one of the ones that, to me, just starts to get super weird just right at the beginning with hey, el dark elves, war, uh, portals. <laughs> like, as I was, I was very happy uh, when Sarah and I saw it on our wedding anniversary. Uh, that, and I. <laughs> I did forget Dark World was one I saw the Honest trailer for, too. I did not see that one. How so, was it as an Honest trailer? Was it, it a good one? It looked terrible. <laughs> but it's really hard. I'm, I'm watching these Honest trailers, and it's really hard to imagine the movie being good after you watch an Honest trailer without having seen the movie first because they just point out everything that is ridiculous. And you're like, how could I even like what is going on? <laughs> these, those villains look terrible. It's not, it's not terrible because, I mean, the stuff with Loki in Dark World is actually pretty good. And the, the stuff with Loki and Thor's relationship in Dark World is really solid. The way they, 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 make it, they make it a lot more complex. And then they have this payoff in Ragnarok when Loki does basically the same crap he's been doing for the last couple of movies. And Thor's like, yeah, how long do you think I'm going to fall for that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm done falling for that trick. You're going to have to come up with a new one. So I think we can all agree we like the film Loki, The Dark World. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get into the truly important kind of questions. If a character from the MCU was going to live in your house, who would you want it to be and why? 
Ben, I'm going to start with you. Who do you want to live in your house? Iron Man, because, well, for one, <laughs> I can drink with him. Uh, he, and for two, he's going to make... Um, He's gonna make my house awesome. He's gonna have like, there's gonna be, I'll be able to press a button and shutters will come down and I'll fly away or something like that. So yeah, definitely Iron Man. So he's gonna make your house awesome by making it fly? <laughs> of, of multiple other things too. I don't know. It'll be flying. It'll be shooting missiles. Um, <laughs> what an awesome house! You know what? I and mean, it's gonna do it all through nanobots. Um, nanobot, just a cloud of nanobots is gonna uh, will follow him around and uh, do whatever. They'll bring coffee. Okay. Do whatever. They're getting more and more powerful with each movie. I mean, oh his yeah. suit in the last movie could do anything. Well, let's let's break this down. Would you want to live with Tony Stark and his nanobots, or would you be more happy to just take his nanobots and not actually Tony Stark? <laughs> just murder him? <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel so well, Mr. Stark. <laughs> oh, no, he's, he's in his room. He's fine. Um, I accept this as an answer. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I still would like to have a uh, Jameson with him. Okay, so you want to use him as drinking buddy? I don't want to murder him. Stack. All right. <laughs> to answer the question, no. I, I mean, that would be great to have nanobots on your side. Oh yeah, of course, no argument there. But I don't think that you have to. You know, I, I think that <laughs> he could donate them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to turn this into like some strange like moral dilemma where can you have nanobots without death? <laughs> I tend to overthink everything, so <laughs> I'll turn everything into a moral dilemma if you post okay. a question that We'll way. just keep it nice and safe. Uh, Tony Stark is sipping Jameson in your house and setting it up to fly and shoot things. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. Sarah, who should live in our home with us from the MCU? Uh, well, first I have my answer of who I, I honestly don't want to live in our house with us. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite characters, uh, Shuri from Black Panther. And here's the reason why. She's awesome. And if I've managed to convince her to be my friend, I kind of have that feeling that if she actually sees where I live, it would be like when Vision comes, to her, they bring Vision to her. And she's like, why did you do all this crazy, stupid stuff? Because <laughs> I feel like somehow I would no longer be her friend. Um, so <laughs> that's just a little bit about me. It's really good to know <laughs> that you think our home is in such disarray. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no, you know, souped up tech lab. It um, really is not. No, no, really not. I, I think I'm going to say it's kind of a tie between, these are weird ones, Agent Coulson. Ooh. And Wong. Ooh. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, now, I guess those are the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. I totally miss. I totally. That is a, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, why? I mean, they're both awesome characters and likable. Is it just that, that, they're, that they're, they're helpers, that they get the job done? Yeah, absolutely. Because if something um, you know, unusual comes in, I feel like Wong has the knowledge and knows where to turn to for additional knowledge. Mm. And so I want Wong on my side in any fight that happens to come in, into our home, which <laughs> might come at any moment. We never know. Yeah, I mean, and Ben might attack us with nanobots <laughs> in his flying house. <laughs> And I just feel like Agent Coulson would be a really good house guest. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he would drink with us, too. He would so totally great. drink with us. And then he would tell us good stories, and uh, he would make his own bed in the morning. I don't know. Like, yeah. He, he just seems like I w that he would be a good house guest. Yeah, yeah. He can probably do a lot of things with that hand. The, I meant technical <laughs> things. Never mind. I didn't. I walked into that, and I heard you myself did. doing it. Damn it. Uh, Tim, whose hand would you like in your home? <laughs> Which character from the MCU do you want to live in your house? Well, I mean, I was thinking about this. As much as I love Spider-Man, uh, not him because he's a lightning rod for pain. Um, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think actually uh, I would probably want Captain America. Yeah. Uh, because if he lived in my house, 
he would be very grateful for my allowing him to live in my house, and he would probably <laughs> clean it. Um, if he says he's going to, he will. He That's will. the great thing. If he's like, if I, can I stay in your house, I will clean it, he would just do it. Yeah, no he's questions like, asked. I'm going to make everybody dinner tonight. He would make us dinner. Yeah, unless he realized that to him it was morally wrong. And then he would clearly tell you, this is not the right thing to do. I can't make you dinner. And he'd be right. That's the thing. (laughs) He would tell you why. And he'd be like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I guess I'll make it. I'll make it by myself. Yeah. I want to live with Steve Rogers, but that might get a little tiring after a while. He's like, now, really, you don't need to play that video game now, do you? You could finish your writing and do like one push up, right? And I'd be like, yes, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Yes. All right. Uh, so here is a, an odd question. One of the things that we all love about the MCU is how it is all so connected and integrated. Would you ever want, and this is mind-blowing uh, nerd talk, would you ever want the MCU to be able to incorporate a character from DC? Now, I know many of us, especially old school, <laughs> I see a small child, then no, no. <laughs> I know, I know it's a risky question. Go with me on this. Because this is an old, like, no, they're separate. And we get used to that. They're, they're Marvel and they're DC. But since, like, some DC characters are not being treated great in their movies, in many people's opinions, would you be willing to break this long tradition of there's Marvel and there's DC and just have one of those DC characters come over to the MCU? How would you feel about I'd that, I'd love ben? to see Wonder Woman over in the MCU. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Bring her on board. <laughs> She's holding out the whole place together over it. <laughs> <laughs> That is a nice invitation. Like, <laughs> look, you, you can talk to Steve about what is morally right. You guys will agree. You won't have to hold this all up yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. They would totally become a couple, wouldn't they? I don't know if they'd become a couple. I think that they would just really discuss the nature oh, of, like, would, justice. They would just respect each other as friends. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You right. make that sound like a really bad thing. <laughs> no. I know it sounded, it sounded sarcastic, but no. It's like, yeah, you, they probably would. Yeah. All right. Uh, they would understand each other. They would understand each other. I think so. Sarah, mm-hmm. do you want to bring mean, a character I, over? I'm, I'm on board with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman should be in every universe. But um, <laughs> She's in Harry Potter. She's in Star Trek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be awesome also. I want to see Aquaman come over to Marvel. Mm. Oh. I think they could do in- interesting things with Aquaman. I would like to see Aquaman in some of the, um, the great conversations and uh, talk Talking, you know, that thing. <laughs> Doing talking, Doing like talking. Rose Tico, yes. Exactly, that happens in Marvel. I feel like they've got a lot of great banter. I want to see Aquaman banter. I think that's a great answer, because the way they're playing him is this person who both lives under the sea and is uh, from a hairband in 1992. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and has that, all right, attitude. Right? That, like, I imagine mean, it, him and Spider-Man just having a conversation in the back of the car on the way to some the next job. Yeah, fighting with Star-Lord about what a good song is. and like <laughs> <laughs> Star-Lord's like, I don't like Alice in Chains. And then Aquaman be, Alice in Chains is the best man ever. <laughs> <laughs> It writes itself. Uh, Tim, uh, would you want a DCU character? A sure. DC character in the uh, and, and I would have, I would have said Wonder Woman. You know, in in part because clearly, if Wonder Woman is, was in the MCU, she would have gotten a movie a lot sooner than any of the other women in the MCU. <laughs> but uh, I I think Batman, um, and, and for a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, uh, as awesome as the MCU is, it appears there is only one city in the United States. Uh, and Batman would double that number, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and also, also Batman has, I, I think we can, I hope we can all agree, the best rogues gallery in all of comics. And one place where the MCU is a little 
behind is in is in their villains. They yeah, are not quite as compelling. A, a lot behind. They're a lot behind because <laughs> pretty much none of the Marvel Cinematic Universe villains are as interesting as the Joker. Uh, and uh, Batman would bring a whole lot of really interesting villains into the MCU, which is the one thing I think they're lacking right now. Yeah, and I would be happy for the, the Jared Leto Joker to come over and just be destroyed by the entire MCU. <laughs> <laughs> all of the heroes teaming up on him. That's my personal opinion. I know some people like him, and that's just fine. I uh, don't, uh, but you, none of them are sitting at this table, I hope. Well, look, this this is not some sort of Jared Leto Joker witch hunt I'm conducting. I'm just I'm just saying I hope none of them are here. <laughs> All right, if you're here, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I, you're I, fine. I, you're a fine person, but you are wrong. So. You, ben, uh, Tim doesn't understand how subjective opinions work. Do you? <laughs> Do I understand how subjective opinions work? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I, All right. I'll just throw that softball that question out. <laughs> Uh, Batman's a great suggestion because I, I love the humor of MCU too, but I think it could almost use at this point a character that maybe pushes back a, a little bit against some of the snark and somebody who is charismatic but is like humorless. And like Batman, you kind of understand where he's coming from. If he's had a rough life too and he's dead serious, that would be an interesting dynamic, I think. It would be uh, fun to watch Thor and Batman have a conversation. Absolutely. The conversation of the low voices it would just be, <laughs> be very sexy. <laughs> Did you want to do a, a few moments of banter back and forth between Batman and Thor? What are you doing? <laughs> Which one was that? You're Thor. <laughs> I thought that was oh, really Batman. I meant by yourself. But oh. I mean... <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just be, I'm Batman. I'm Thor. That'd be great. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's all I got. <laughs> I can shoot thunder out of my belt. <laughs> I can create. I can't do, th I can't do <laughs> Thor's voice. You have to do that. I don't know how he has the accent and everything. I can't do that. Yeah, no, I, I'm not doing a Thor accent. It's just a rich voice, right? It's just a rich, beautiful voice. I, mm, I I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but I like that you've started to three times. Uh, Tim, do you want to do a Thor voice just for fun? Uh, I'll give it a try. Uh, Batman. Uh, yes, yes. How is it? How is it? How is it that you've managed to pick up my hammer? <laughs> oh, I'm <All> right. Batman. <laughs> That that's yeah, it was very sexy. Thank yeah, you. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said, "Pick up my hammer." Oh. Pick up my hammer. <laughs> Picking up your hammer has been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> For me uh, as well. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, here, here's another uh, MCU-themed question. If you had the Infinity Gauntlet, what would you do with it? <laughs> Sarah? Um, is this just in general? <laughs> do you want a specific scenario? Well, if it's right at the end of Infinity War, <laughs> then I would maybe undo some things. You would just snap back? I would just make... Then that would be a very boring part of uh, Infinity War Volume volume 2. <laughs> now we're making that Volume 2 also. <laughs> um, I, I... You know, I think I'm going to snap it to give everybody the power of flight. Everybody can fly. Everybody. Really? New world. All right. Now, this is fascinating because that's a great and noble thing. And, you know, there's the whole argument that Thanos has a point about the problem. His solution is inelegant at best mm -hmm. to murder half the universe. Yeah. Uh, but there is uh, that idea with flight of like, oh, that'd be beautiful. Mm -hmm. But would you 
do anything about the infrastructure of what that's going to mean for the world? Or would you just snap your fingers, we could all fly, we shoot into the air and start running into <laughs> each other in buildings? Well, <laughs> I, think, I think we would have to have some sort of um, figure out the transportation system in terms of where are the lanes, are there different heights? But here's the thing, it's actually a great environmental answer because if everybody individually has the power of flight, we don't need all of the um, various fossil fuels that are created, you know, we, that we need for all those vehicles to go. Yeah. So I'm trying to solve Thanos' problems for him, he just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah, so you are basically saving the Earth and making it really fun. Mm-hmm. At the yep. same time. Yep. Instead of a city pan- planner, you could be an aerialist planner. <laughs> I'm on board for that job. <laughs> yeah. Raise my hand. I like that you would uh, snap your fingers, everybody flies, and then you would keep snapping your fingers to make up various uh, rules and edicts. Yep. And Quick, there's a road over here. Quick, the, cl- the clouds <laughs> have made two lanes. There's an exit lane now. <laughs> the exit cloud lane mm-hmm. sounds great. Yeah. Uh, ben, how would you use the Infinity Gauntlet? Well, you know, in the movie, he, he uses the reality stone to turn people into slinkies. I would do that a lot. (laughs) 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 All right, so, so far, uh, my wife has saved the environment, and (laughs) you are making it really funny when people go downstairs. (laughs) Yep. Good combination. Actually, I think he's making it safer for them to go downstairs. (laughs) That's true. This looks a little steep. I better turn this person into a slinky so they can get down this steep staircase. That could be like your landing gear when you're flying, and then to land, you turn into a slinky. (laughs) Yeah, see, we team up. We team up. (laughs) It's like a Marvel team up. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Another great Thor impression. Uh, all right, Tim, how about you? What would you do with the Infinity Gauntlet? Okay, and I realize that this is a paradox, right, uh, from the beginning, but uh, I think what I would do is use the Infinity Gauntlet to alter the laws of physics, to uh, make space travel more plausible, uh, easier, perhaps make faster-than-light travel possible, uh, just so, you know, we could, we could explore the universe faster and easier than we can right now. Okay, in ships or in our, we would, would we fly? Well, we, uh, we already can, because Sarah used the gauntlet already. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I figure let's just build on that. And uh, I, I guess we can you know, build our ships out of slinkies. <laughs> so I think we're set. So you can never crash in it. Yeah, this, you guys have saved the entire world. This is absolutely mm-hmm. great. Uh, I also want to ask about the depth of the films, because I, I, we talk a lot about how their narratives are connected, how they're funny, how the characters are compelling. I th- think that's great, but I think they all have like individual themes and ideas. Uh, there's themes with Captain America of not trusting organization. Of course, Spider-Man's great power comes great responsibility. I like that Doctor Strange has this kind of moral that not everything can ever be fixed. Um, I feel like a lot of the message of the Thor movies is don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Have any of those like big messages after you've watched a film a couple times made an impact on you where you start to like actually think about something in your life differently or make a different choice based on one of the themes of an MCU movie? Tim? Oh God, I'm first. I've been been last this entire time. I thought I had a while to think about it. Nope. Damn it. (laughs) Um, I think... uh, you know, the lesson of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, which I very much enjoy, I enjoy both of them a lot, is um, that we all create our own family. And I like that. I mean, I, I realize that's super serious. But I mean, it, that, that, you know, we all have two families. We have the family that we are genetically related to. And yeah. we have the family that we choose. And, and like, 
you know, we're here at a science fiction convention this weekend, and to me, I am with the family that I choose right now, as opposed to, and I, I, I very much love the family that I, uh, that that the universe gifted me with, <laughs> but, but, Guardians of the Galaxy is all about finding that family you choose to be with, and how important that is, and how how that makes a difference in who you are. Yeah, and how it can make you be a better person or raccoon <laughs> or tree how to be a better raccoon yeah uh ben how about you in infinity war there there was a lot um uh, about sacrifice yeah and uh thanos is is really the only one to truly sacrifice in that movie and he's the only one to get what he wants and he does it because he's uncompromising and um it reminds me of the movie coco by pixar um it's a weird segue, but <laughs> I won't give that movie away, but that's, that's also a theme is what are you willing to sacrifice to, for your art, um, for your dreams? Uh, are you willing to sacrifice your family? Are you willing to sacrifice people you love? And uh, so I w- it got me thinking about that. What would I be willing to sacrifice for some of my loftier dreams? And I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Um, I, I, I wouldn't sacrifice everything. Okay. For a dream, but maybe like half of everything would that be okay? Maybe <laughs> half of everything in the universe I would sacrifice, but um, that is but both. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. It's just the idea of uh, how people have it in their head that to become famous or to become successful, you have to you have to sacrifice your time with your family, your your this thing and that thing, and and maybe you do. And if that's the case, I'm I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that's great. It's it's really touching and honest. And also, basically, what you said is, after watching this movie, I decided I'm not going to push someone I love over a cliff <laughs> <laughs> in order to become famous. I that mean, seems wrong. It's I a learned good that. lesson to learn. <laughs> we all have to learn it sometimes. Unless somehow. it's Tony Stark, so I can get his nanobots. <laughs> and I'll push him off. All right, Sarah. What theme or idea has made an impact on your life? Um, well, I've learned I feel a lot safer sitting next to Ben, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this is maybe a, a micro-theme rather than one of the big themes. and kind of goes along with uh, found family, but in uh, Avengers Infinity War, one of the things that I really liked were the some of the different pairings of the characters that came up, and I feel like it just really reinforced the message that you never know where or when you'll find kinship with another character. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Rocket Raccoon and Thor and really being there for each other and helping each other get through some really tough stuff. And I feel like that is just one of the lessons that affected me a lot in that movie and I want to remember to live by of um, you just never know uh, where, to, where you will find kinship. Yeah, yeah. So like no matter who you meet, they might be a wounded raccoon who mm-hmm. secretly knows how to be a good leader and uh, therapist. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They know when to let you cry. Oh. Right? Oh, raccoons know <laughs> when to let you cry. <laughs> All right. Now that we've had a very uh, serious uh, conversation about the themes, which is great, let's get uh, a little bit more absurd. We are going to have some fights, and I want you to tell me who would win in this fight. Now, who would win in a fight with superheroes? That's been done a lot, so I wanted to make it a little bit more specific. So these are all different items. These <laughs> items that exist in the MCU are going to fight. So uh, first, I would like you guys to tell me who you think would win in a fight. The Hulk's pants or Tony's mustache in a fight? Hmm. Hulk's <laughs> pants. <laughs> because they c- can stay together. <laughs> 
despite all of that, so and, and you could just wrap them around. Well, I suppose if can they can it move? Are these items like can they move on their own? Are they magical like the cape? Like yeah, sure, why Doctor not? Strange, okay, <laughs> so so Tony Stark's mustache yeah. is is like wandering around then. Yeah, and it's off his fighting face. The, the shredded pants. Yeah, this is the image I'm getting. Okay, yeah. Well, the, the, I thought that was obvious. But the pants would just wrap themselves around the, the mustache, and that would be that. That would be the end of the fight. I don't so know. You're saying Tony's mustache would be suffocated in the crotch of Hulk's pants. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. It would be a fitting end. All right. Uh, Sarah, are you ready? Do you, do you want, do you want a, a weigh in on the Hulk's pants and Tony's mustache, or would you like a fresh fight? Oh, uh, I'll take a fresh fight. Okay. This uh. is... Oh, oh, t- oh, Tim, okay. did you want will, to? Will, did you have a strong in. opinion about it? I did Hulk's have a strong oh, okay, opinion. Go for it then, my uh, friend. I just, I, I just wanted to point out, uh, and I do, I do concur with Ben, but I, I want you to think for a moment that Tony Stark's mustache can be defeated by a razor, <laughs> and the Hulk's pants can't even be defeated by the Hulk. <laughs> so clearly, Hulk's pants win. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to throw in there. For all we know. Uh, Tony's mustache is made by those nanorobots, <laughs> which means they can slash holes through the pants. So I kind of think that the mustache wins. Oh. I so love that idea that he doesn't even grow his own mustache anymore. <laughs> He's just like, uh, hair, face hair protocol, <laughs> Delta One. <laughs> That is going to be a plot point at some movie. He's going to be trapped. Like, you have nothing now. He's like, my mustache. Oh, yeah. That's how they're going to win. Thanos is going to have him by the beard, and then the beard's just going to move to a different part of his face. That is amazing. All right. Everybody weigh on on, on this one. Uh, Tim, we'll start with you. Okay. Who would win in this fight? Agent Carter's hat versus Nick Fury's eye patch. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I was totally uh, sober when I wrote these. That <laughs> I think I think it comes down to usefulness. And when you think about it, Nick Fury's eye patch isn't helping anything. <laughs> Cuz there's no eye under there. So what's it there for? To look awesome? To look awesome and it does that but Peggy Carter kind of looks a lot more awesome. So I'm going to have to give it to her hat. Okay. Do you have an idea of how this physically would go about? I, I think that the eye patch would just quit out of shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A victory KO by shame. Uh, how about you, Sarah? I also agree. Uh, it would be Agent Carter's hat because we're playing, you know, imagine instead of rock, paper, scissors, we're playing hat, eye patch, fill in the blank third thing, whatever <laughs> comes up next. Uh, hat sits on top of eye patch. Oh, wow. Like, like the rock, paper, scissors. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Then you uh, just can't see it. Ben, how about you? So the eye patch would you know, fly at the hat, and it would wrap <laughs> itself around, and then because it's a strap, it would tighten on the hat, and the hat would start crushing. But the hat, in that moment, finds its strength, <laughs> and it just <laughs> pops back, and the, and the strap uh, snaps, and the hat wins. Cool. Is there any narrative reason that the hat finds its power in that moment, or is it just the convenience of the third act it has to? (laughs) It's the third act hat convenience. (laughs) The third act hat rule. I accept that. All right, here is the last one of the who would win in a fight. Uh, Ben, we'll start with you. Star-Lord's mixtape versus an ice cream cone prepared by Ant-Man at (laughs) Baskin-Robbins. Oh, son of a bitch. Mm. You <laughs> the mixtape is lasts longer in terms of your enjoyment. 
So yeah. in, when you're <laughs> comparing it that way, but um, if you just put the ice cream cone on top of the mixtape and let it melt there, that one. Okay, so the ice cream could do uh, basically a suicide maneuver of melting the itself. The ice cream could kamikaze itself onto <laughs> the mixtape. Disturbing. <laughs> Wait, this is what your questions lead to, man. Oh, I, know. I don't know. I, know. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, Sarah, do you have a strong opinion? Uh, yes, sure. Why not? Uh, I, so the mixtape has been in probably a lot of different cassette players at this time. So it's probably picked up a lot of uh, germs and microbes and other things. So it unspools itself, wraps itself around the ice cream. <laughs> There's a lot of strangulation the in these fights. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that just causes the ice cream to melt and uh, sink into the ground. So the tape wins. All right, uh, this was a uh, fascinating <laughs> process, though. So it the tape has like space germs on it. Inherent space germs. Inherent space germs, mm -hmm. and those germs give it the power to both hug and melt the ice cream. Yeah, I kind of feel like once the ice cream comes in contact <laughs> with the space germs, it just gives up. <laughs> okay, it melts. Man, this whole panel hates ice cream. Uh, Tim. All right, I'm assuming that I'm witnessing this fight. Otherwise, I could not describe how it goes down. So, uh, true fact, uh, Baskin-Robbins is my favorite kind of ice cream. I love it more than anything in the universe, and there are no Baskin-Robbins in Minnesota, and that makes this the worst place to live. Mm. Uh, <laughs> other than all the other, yeah, I mean, convergence is fine, but no Baskin-Robbins. So, given that I'm witnessing this fight between a Baskin-Robbins ice cream cone, and a mixtape, I can assume that I will immediately snatch the Baskin-Robbins ice cream cone and eat it while I'm <laughs> listening to the mixtape. <laughs> and because I eat Baskin-Robbins ice cream cones incredibly fast, the mixtape will not be over by the time I have finished it, and therefore, the mixtape wins. Okay, so you intervene by just eating one of the combatants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> that is an amazing sport. Who will win? Oh, the audience <laughs> ate them. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. Uh, we're going to do something that I like to do when I have these uh, live panels. It's uh, I want to see who is the best person at representing their favorite of something. So we're going to do some role playing. You all told me what your favorite MCU film was. We're going to imagine that we exist in an alternate reality where video stores still exist. I come in. I'm going to play the character named person who wants to rent one MCU movie, and I want you all to pretend you work at this uh, video store and convince me to rent your favorite MCU movie. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. I'm walking in. Doot, 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 doot. I'm literally saying doot, 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 doot <laughs> while I'm walking, so you're already concerned about this customer. I shout to the skies, I want to rent one MCU movie, but I don't know which one. Do you enjoy raccoons that are experts at ballistics? Well, yeah. And who are best friends with giant talking trees? Yeah. Is this leading to something? This, you are in luck because I have just the movie for you. It has a talking raccoon who is an expert at ballistics and a giant talking tree. Wow. Does the tree say like lots of different things? <laughs> it uses a lot of tones. Oh man, and I love tones. The tones mean a lot of different things. Oh damn, this I can't even imagine how another MCU oh, uh, movie if, would be as good. And I mean, and if you're into tones, 
Uh, this movie also has a lot of actual music from your childhood mm. that will make. Oh, ooh, mm. well. I don't like music. <laughs> I'm just one of those weird people. One of the two on the planet who doesn't like music. Uh, anybody else have any? So have you ever felt like you've maybe um, been bullied in your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever wished that you could uh, find a way to, f- to get revenge upon the bullies or maybe even be better than the bullies? Yeah, I like, I like revenge and being better at the same time. Excellent. I get, get both. It's a twofer. Yeah. How do you feel about also uh, a version of time travel? Oh, I love time travel. Okay, I've got a really good movie for you. Oh, yeah, well, what's, what's it called? It, it's called Captain America. Is that it? Just that's the, the first Avenger. Does it all run together, or is there a colon? I There's love a, colons. Do you love punctuation in the middle of titles? Because you I are so it. in luck. It has, it has a colon. Where does it go? <laughs> Where does the colon go in this movie? Captain America, colon. The first Avenger. I can't imagine anything better. Oh, there's another employee. Hello. Uh, so uh, do, do you have a recommendation? Because I'm, I'm I, really warming up to this colon movie. I do have a recommendation, and my movie also has a colon. But I wanted to ask you, <laughs> were you ever a teenager? Oh, yes, I was. Well, yes. then I have the perfect movie for anyone who is ever a teenager. Do you remember how uncomfortable it was to be a teenager? Uh, yes, I do, but I'm, I'm not sure about you making that assumption that I was an do uncomfortable teenager. Do you remember teenager. how awkward it was to be a teenager? Y- yes, this I do. It's a universal experience. Yeah. Now imagine being an uncomfortable, awkward teenager who could climb walls. Yeah. And swing on webs and beat up anybody he wanted to. So wait, wait a minute. He, so he, he can like uh, g- climb on walls he and then climb on he, walls. he shoots webbing out of his body. He shoots webbing out of his body. His wrists. Let's be clear about that. But they physically come out of his body, not a device or anything. It, it, it's actually like a device which he's able to create on his own. Well, how? How is he so smart? <laughs> Genetics. <laughs> so this is a real technical science movie. Film. Okay. It's a super science. Everything that happens in this movie could really happen. Okay. Really? <laughs> to somebody bitten by a radioactive spider. Okay. Okay. Uh, does it have a colon? It does. Yeah, right. you mentioned that. It does. It's called Spider-Man Homecoming. It's Spider-Man colon homecoming. Is it? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to ask a few more questions while you Google that, because I'm honestly curious. Uh, so uh, what was... Did, did, I didn't ask you about well, your colon. Uh, did your film have a colon? Well, how do you feel about hyphens? Oh, I'm big into hyphens. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about volume ones of things. Oh, I love first volumes. Just the promise of more volumes. This one has a promise of at least one other volume. Oh, wow. Uh, so Yeah, and, and this, the other employee just Googled something for me. It turns out they all have colons. Yours has a colon? No, but... Mine also has a hyphen. Whoa! Yes. Mm-hmm. Hyphen, colon, and awkward teenager doing yeah. science. Doing science and... A guy who can fly. Really? The, 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 he, he can walk on walls and fly? It's a different guy who can fly. I have a guy who can fly. You do? In my movie. Yeah, he can fly. He has a jetpack. He flies. Is it the raccoon? No, my guy it's another guy. It's a whole other person that can fly. The How raccoon. many people are in these films? There's like six of them. Six characters. Yeah, there's also a really funny, strong person. How do you <laughs> he, feel about he, people he, with red skin? 
How do I feel about people with red skin? I make yeah. no judgments. I, I mean, does, would you like to beat somebody with red skin? I'm just going to jump right in over everybody else here. <laughs> Not just for having red skin. That seems awful. <laughs> no, no, no. But like a villain oh. who seems terrifying. Oh, like they have a scary, like, mean um, face. Yeah, like almost like a, like a skull. It would almost be like a mask. Okay, like except maybe not. So they have a face that looks like a mask, but it's not. Yeah, and they're not just bullying you; they're bullying a lot of people. Like how many? Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds. We'll say. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Also, you might get a motorcycle. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just for watching the movie, you, viewer, <laughs> might get a motorcycle. All right, I, I think I've heard everything I have to. I sort of lean towards going to the, the movie where I get to stop a person with a horrible, scary face from uh, tormenting hundreds of people, and then I get a motorcycle. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, but I am going to confer with the audience I carry with me to every video store. Please applaud for who you think gave the best pitch for their movie. For Ben, giving the best pitch for his movie. Thank you. For Tim, giving the best pitch for his movie. Oh, oh. For Sarah giving the best pitch for her movie. <laughs> I think it maybe just wins by a motorcycle. There's some loud, they're all very well described, and you all gave me so much delight talking about Colin. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. These are questions that I ask all of my guests or variations of. Ben. Do you think about the MCU every day? Lately. <laughs> okay, I accept that as an answer. Uh, Sarah, do you think about the MCU every day? No. Okay, what stops you? <laughs> My silly mind. I certainly think about it every week, um, probably m- at least three days a week. Okay. I need to start tracking it, yeah. clearly, in my <laughs> Do you, you don't set aside time. It's like, Tuesday, that's MCU thinking day. 201 to 203 every day. <laughs> every Tuesday. Uh, Tim, how about you? Do you think about the MCU every day? I'm pretty sure I do. I'm going to have to say yeah. 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 Floats through your mind? Excellent. Ben, oh, this is funny. I even forgot this was going to come up. Have you ever shed actual tears over the MCU? Oh. <laughs> I have. You have. And was was it in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? It was, it was um, Guardians of the Galaxy in the moment, uh, I believe, uh, God, I don't remember. I think it might have been the moment where Groot says, we are Groot. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. That's a tearjerker for yeah, sure. That got me. Yeah. All right. You, uh, Sarah, have you shed tears? I'm trying to think if there are any movies where I have not shed tears. <laughs> <laughs> MCU or just in general? MCU. <laughs> Um, most of them, yes, definitely. Tears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, how about you? Do you cry at the MCU? Yeah, I, I, I definitely have cried at the MCU. Uh, again, Spider-Man Homecoming, there's some really great moments with, with Peter Parker in that movie that definitely made me weep yeah. openly. Is there, what specific moment made you weep? Uh, it, because it's 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 one of those moments from the from the comics that's so iconic. There's that moment where Spider-Man has been. Uh, it's more fair to say Peter Parker. Peter Parker has been basically defeated by the Vulture. He's he's buried in rubble, and he and and there's that moment where he finds that strength within himself to to push the rubble away. And that's such a that that's a moment from the comics. I mean that 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 picture of yeah. Spider-Man is iconic, and it was just kind of like. 
damn, that's beautiful. Yeah, and now every time I watch it, I'm going to think about Agent Carter's hat. <laughs> Finding the power. Uh, ben, would you want Stan Lee to have a surprise cameo in your day every day for the rest no. of your life? Oh, God, no. That would be so weird. I would be so paranoid all the time. It's like, you just excuse me, sir. Oh, my God, it's Stan Lee again. All right, all right, going to the bathroom and he's in the shower. Oh. <laughs> you pull your shower across like, Excelsior! <laughs> <laughs> Curtain, he's just, yeah, it's yeah. Like full on butt naked and there he is. So, uh, no. Alright, fair enough. Sarah, would you want a Stanley cameo every day of your life? No. Fair enough. <laughs> Did you want to elaborate or is that a... No. <laughs> Tim, Stan Lee cameo every day? Well, I've been thinking about uh, like the Alfred Hitchcock cameos and how he would make sure that that happened in like the first you know five minutes of the movie so people wouldn't be looking for him for the rest of the movie. So I guess if it happened within the first five minutes of my day, <laughs> so just that I'd be okay. So I could just get it out of the way and get on with my day. I'd say yes. What if okay. he was your alarm clock? Just like... Knocking on your window, trying to wake Hi, up I'm in the Stan Lee Excelsior. <laughs> Get your ass out of bed. <laughs> that was my Thor good. impression. <laughs> All right, uh, we're running short on time, so I'm going to jump to our final How Obsessed Are You question. If you were about to see the next MCU movie, but a bear was blocking your way to get into the theater, Ben, would you try to get around that bear? No. <laughs> I would call the police. <laughs> and then they would get rid of it and I would go see the movie. Unless yeah. I, how late am I to this movie? Like how much time do I have to deal with this bear? You have like 15 minutes. I feel like this situation will resolve itself in 15 <laughs> minutes. I would just I, I would just kind of hang back a What a great heroic attitude you've learned from the MCU. Eh, someone else will take care of it. <laughs> The true message of the MCU. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know. Call the bear police. No, that's a reasonable that's answer. That's what I've learned as an audience member watching other people fight crime on screen. Yeah. It's like, oh, other people will just do it for me. <laughs> All right, Sarah, would you uh, try to get around the bear? No. Uh, I would call the bear version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because uh, <laughs> clearly I have that in my phone pre-programmed. And then I would walk to a different movie theater and go see the movie there. I really love that you would call Agent Coulson specifically <laughs> for bears. The bear yep. Agent Coulson. Bear How about Coulson. you, Tim? Um, is it the Hams Bear? <laughs> or um, Yes. For people listening to the podcast, it is a wonderful callback to a previous panel about the great <laughs> drunken ad bear, the Hams Beer Bear. <laughs> But, but I, I mean, hopefully they still know who the Hams Bear is. If you're listening to the podcast, just look it up. Uh, if it's a Hams Beer Bear, that means that I've got a drunk bear. Right. Uh, and if it's a drunk bear, I feel like it's not particularly well coordinated. So I feel like if we got into a chase situation and I just, like, took a sharp turn, it would fall over. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm assuming I'm not going to the movie alone. And if it's drunk probably isn't really able to perceive which one of those many people is me. So if it was able to catch me, it would probably get it wrong and it'd just be somebody else. So I think <laughs> I think the odds are in my favor and I say yes. Okay, fair enough. You would try to make a drunk bear fall down and failing that, you would escape while it eats somebody else. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, all right, I ha like to have everybody make a noise to sum up their obsession. Ben, what noise can you make to sum up your obsession with the MCU? Oh, wow. Um... Was that it? 
<laughs> no, wait, that would be DC. That was Batman. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> That's a wonderful noise, Sarah. <laughs> was that the people you made fly with the Infinity Gauntlet? Sure. <laughs> it was Cap Shield, oh, and then yeah. a bunch of other, you know, like uh, some Hawkeye arrows. One, you know, Black Widow kicking somebody. A bunch of action. The sound of action. Yeah, this is great. Tim, what is your noise to sum up your obsession? We are Groot. Aww, that's so beautiful. Uh, and uh, quickly, on a scale of 1 to 20, 1 being the lowest, 20 being the highest, how obsessed would you consider yourself, Ben? T 20 is the highest and yep. 1 is the lowest. That is correct. That makes sense. I'm good at math. Um, how obsessed am I? I would say a... 14 and a half. <laughs> All right. That's pretty obsessed. Were you lower before we did this podcast? Did this up? Did thinking of Stanley in your shower make you more obsessed with the MCU? I, it, for a moment, it made me less obsessed. But <laughs> okay. now I'm back. I've Fair bounced enough. back. Uh, Sarah, what is your obsession? I'm going to say maybe a 13. A 13? Yeah. Okay. I think that's very, very fair. And Tim, how about you? I uh, Probably a 16. Okay. In that, in Spider-Man helps get that Spider -Man nice does, and high, yeah, he right? Bumps it, bumps it right up there. Nice, yeah, nice. All right, we are going to close as we always do with our weird final questions. Sarah, if you could shoot one or the other out of your hand, which would you prefer, acid or jazz music? <laughs> uh, jazz music. Okay, is that just because that's more friendly than acid? <laughs> yes, and I feel like also if you want to distract people. Uh, some people, they hear jazz music, they really want to dance, so they'll just get distracted and start dancing. I'm all for having people get distracted and start dancing so I can do whatever I need to do. Or some people don't like jazz music, so they'll just leave. Like, I just feel like it's got a lot of usability. Yeah, I think the Ham's Beer Bear would dance to jazz music <laughs> and oh, get out of the way. Then I could go <laughs> see that movie. <laughs> ben, if there was a theme park ride based on your life, what would the ride be like? Oh, just real anxious-inducing. <laughs> just you know, you would just go you go through it, and people would approach you, and you wouldn't know what to say to them, and then <laughs> you would just feel awkward, and it would be like a it's a small world after all, except for just a constant uh, b dolls jumping at you, and uh, and it's just uh, <laughs> and it's just uh, and it's just social awkwardness the whole time. I'm getting in line right now. <laughs> That's so good, uh, Tim. If the U.S. government made a stamp of you, what would you be doing on the stamp? <laughs> Uh, I think I would probably be putting a stamp on an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> a stamp to sell stamps. That is great. And our final question is always, what is happiness? Now, both Sarah and Tim have been on the podcast a lot. Ben, you've only been on one time before. So to close this out, would you be willing to answer the question, what is happiness? Two words. Good enough. That is lovely. <laughs> we are Groot, and we are good enough. Thank you very much. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. I'd handle your hammer anytime. Well, here you go. <laughs> I sounded like Dracula.